You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That is our motto here, our mantra, what we live by here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of the show. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday, I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions. And last time I checked, wait, hold on, today's Friday, so answer your questions today. To participate in next week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag, either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's get into it. Let's do it. Panthers, Bucks, Week 7, 1 and 5 Panthers versus the 3 and 3, the surprisingly 3 and 3. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a little uh, housekeeping before we do get to the questions here, and I'm actually feeling better. Got boosted yesterday. Go get boosted, get your flu shots if that's something you want to do. If you don't, then whatever. I don't care. Uh, I'm feeling kind of sluggish today, but now I am back on a little bit of a high. So let's uh, get things going. Not actually, but, you know, not you know real high, but, you know, just actually happy and excited to uh, be talking to you folks here on a Friday for the weekly Friday mailbag. Okay, so Panthers offensive coordinator. Ben McAdoo and defensive coordinator, I guess, is he technically the interim or is he just the full line? I guess he's the full line. Al Holcomb talked to the media on Thursday. There was a lot of updates as far as injuries. The Panthers are banged up, y'all. Um, Frankie Lugo and J.C. Horn both practice after Frankie missed the past two games with a shoulder issue. And J.C. Horn was out with a hip slash rib. It's officially listed as a hip. They were both out there practicing. So that is encouraging as, uh, yeah, Carolina's going to need those dudes out there playing. And as I've said, at this point in time, unless Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold or a coconut hits one of them on the head, they're probably not going to figure out how to play good football to help this team win and be anything resembling a professional offense. So that's just the reality. If that's the case, then you're going to need guys like Frankie and J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson to be healthy and out there playing. Now, quick injury report, and it's very long. If you're looking here, looking on the camera, it's a lot of people who are on this. Uh, C.J. Henderson, who's currently in concussion protocol, did not practice on Wednesday, but he was limited on Thursday. Dante Jackson did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday with the ankle issue. I would expect he's probably not going to play if that's the case. Corey, Corey Littleton has groin. He's been limited the last two days, likely probably going to play. Baker Mayfield surprisingly back at practice on Thursday. He was limited. We'll get into that here shortly. Henry Anderson, elbow limited. Sean Chandler, hamstring limited both days. J.C. Horn, been limited all week, but out there in a regular practice uniform like Frankie Louvu, who's been limited at that shoulder on Thursday. LaVisca Chenault, hamstring, he should be back. He's been limited this week, but it sounds like he's going to play. Then Pat Elfline did not 
participate on Wednesday or Thursday. And then Matt Ioannidis, limited on Wednesday with a neck-slash-concussion protocol, did not practice on Thursday, so possibly won't be out there. Then Taylor Moten with a knee was limited. We've seen that pop up from time to time this season. Baker Mayfield is clearly desperate to get back on the football field because he understands that um, his entire career is at stake. I already think it's over as far as him ever being a starting quarterback in the National Football League again. Why do I say that? Well, you saw him play in the first five weeks of the season. He was really bad. It. I came around on Baker Mayfield not being the answer here quicker than Sam Darnold a year ago. And I did that after seven weeks when Sam Darnold got benched in New York. And Sam Darnold still had another year on his contract. And for a long time, it looked like Sam Darnold was going to be the starting quarterback once again here in Carolina. But, of course, that's not the case. Baker Mayfield trying to get back as soon as possible with that ankle injury. And I don't know how that's going to help him or help the team. Last season in Cleveland, when he hurt his shoulder, I think in the second week of the of the season, and it was a non-throwing shoulder, but having to deal with that labrum issue the entirety of the season didn't help him, didn't help Cleveland. He tried to battle through it and clearly was not right. He's not going to be right now with the ankle. So what's the point in him going out there and looking, I'm not sure if it's possible, but quite possibly worse than he has in his first five starts here in Carolina early on in the season. I don't know how it benefits him. I don't know how it benefits the Carolina Panthers, especially when you look at the draft compensation and the conditions. I don't see any real reason Baker Mayfield should ever step back on the field here in Carolina, especially now that Sam Darnold is working his way back. He has 21 days. I think he's now on day like 19 of working back from the IR. So whenever Sam's ready to go, like put Sam out there. Sam's ready for the opportunity. I would rather watch Sam the rest of the year, and I cannot believe I'm saying that. But really, I'd rather watch Sam because like Baker's been so bad. He's been worse than Sam, but also like, hey, you've already lost that fifth-round pick in 2024. Don't make it a fourth-round pick by giving Baker another opportunity to prove that he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Trade rumors. I have, I think, only one question I'm really getting into today on trade rumors. But Christian McCaffrey... Conflicting reports. Saw one person locally put this out there that it's imminent, according to one of her league sources. And then other two people were saying "Ah, they're not hearing that there's any timeline. It could happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. Shaq Thompson, like Christian McCaffrey, there's more kind of been drummed up about him. I was surprised when I read to y'all the other day, um, Jeremy Fowler's report in ESPN.com, that Shaq Thompson potentially could leave. And it makes sense when you look at, you could save $13 million in cap space next year, getting him off the books. And that could be him and Robbie Anderson, $25 million that would have been on your salary cap next season that are now going to be gone. Now you're going to have to deal with the dead cap money because like Robbie and like with Christian, the Carolina Panthers and Scott Fitter, the Panthers general manager restructured his salary to, or his contract to open up cap space this season. Didn't benefit the team as we see they're one in six or one in five, soon to be one in six. It might benefit Shaq. I don't know. But Shaq Thompson was speaking to the media on Thursday saying, like, hey, I'm going to give my all as long as I'm a Carolina Panther. Pretty much the same sentiment that Christian McCaffrey has given us as well. And Shaq even brought up, like like Christian said, I'm going through the same mentality. I'm here now. I'm going to try and win games here. And if I'm not here anymore, I'm not here anymore. So you're wondering probably when exactly is there going to be a trade. Let's go back to this summer. When we were all trying to figure out when the Carolina Panthers were going to trade for Baker Mayfield and why had it not happened? Well, what happened? I went on vacation. And what happened when I was on vacation? Baker Mayfield became a Carolina Panther. And I told y'all before I went that 
Baker Mayfield would end up in Carolina Panther when I was gone. That's why I brought my mic. I was ready to go. Did the podcast from shoddy Wi-Fi at the hotel I was staying at. So I'm headed to a wedding in Providence, Rhode Island this weekend. My buddy, Tommy Freeze Pops, who I used to work with at ESPN Radio. Yeah, that's uh, what we call him. He is getting married. So congratulations to him and his betrothed. Um, but he's getting married this weekend. And the wedding is literally all day. It's like a 1 o'clock ceremony. It's a Catholic wedding, too. So he says from 1 to 2.30. What are we doing, man? That is way too long. I'm one of the people who's like, hey, happy like wedding, like five reception following. And like don't take up the entirety of the day, which is why I told my friends I don't want to be – in your wedding, I don't mean your groomsmen. I don't want to be hanging out with you all day. Let me explore the city. Let me go like do my own thing. And then I'll show up there for the ceremony and for the party and we're good. Well, that's not going to be the case. I'm going to be tied up all freaking day. So the fact that I'm going to be tied up all freaking day means the Carolina Panthers are absolutely going to trade Christian McCaffrey and or Shaq Thompson. Really, if it's Shaq, whatever. But Christian, all but guaranteed because I'm going to be busy all day on Saturday I'm going to be trying to watch some college football as well whenever I get a chance. The Carolina Panthers are going to hijack it and are going to trade Christian McCaffrey that day. I'm not bringing my mic. I'm going to celebrate my beautiful friend, his wife, getting married, or his fiance, soon-to-be wife, getting married. But I'm letting you know right now, if you're wondering if Christian's going to get traded, the answer is yes. Why? Because I'm leaving town, and I'm not going to be able to do a podcast. I'm not going to be able to react to it. And, of course, that would happen anytime I leave town. Not trying to be a narcissist, but, guys, you remember what happened last time, right? Right? So I expect that's going to be the case again as I drop my phone right there. All right. It is weekly Friday mailbag. I have not answered a single question just yet. So let me uh, make up for that by answering your questions here after we take this quick pause on Locked On Panthers. All right, y'all, telling you about our friends over at Simply Safe Home Security. Here are three of some of my favorite things football, football, and saving money. So let's talk about saving big money right now with Simply Safe Home Security. They're offering locked on Panthers listeners 40% off their advanced security system. Simply Safe was just named the best home security of 2022 by US News. They love it. I love it. You'll love it because at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. With 24-7 professional monitoring, when a threat is detected, Simply Safe's monitoring professionals promptly contact you and dispatch first responders to your home. Even if you're away or unable to respond, they're going to take care of it for you. Simply Safe blankets your home with protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, AC security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. They're monitoring Experts use proprietary response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch for your home. Don't miss this chance to save big when you protect your home with the best. Get 40% off your order when you visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL today. Customize your perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. Go today. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, it's the Weekly Friday Mailbag here on Locked On Panthers and time for me to get to your question, starting off with Grant. So typically, you can either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. Not typically, that, that's what I want. I have one friend, Grant, real name Wilson, who decided I'm going to text you 
I don't know. Maybe he doesn't have Twitter. Not quite sure. And I'm sure there's YouTubers who are like, hey, man, like, why don't you uh, answer the questions in the comments? Well, folks, I've been telling you for months now, I'm not going to do that. What I need you to do is either at me or DM me, or if you, have, if you have my number, you can text me your mailbag question like Grant did, even though another one of our friends, Alex, always just DMs me. So yeah, Grant, here we go. We're going to start off with your question since you haven't asked one and you seem to be so special that you need to uh, text me this. And I'm sure that you're going to be texting me right now listening to this show being like, bleep you. Bleep you too, buddy. All right, putting yourself in Scott Fitterer's shoes and assuming we have the number one pick and do not trade by the November 1st deadline to procure another first-round pick, do you stick at number one and go get your guy, presumably C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State, or, sorry, the Ohio State University, or risk trading back and getting a lesser quarterback, presumably Young or Levis, but get other picks in the draft to surround a new quarterback with more weapons? You have to get your quarterback last year was considered a weak quarterback class this year that is not the case you got Bryce Young out of Alabama CJ Stroud out of the Ohio State University Will Lovis out of Kentucky and now it looks like Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee go Vols they're back apparently uh Greensboro native too um he's kind of rising up draft boards even though he's gonna be like 25 come draft time and that might be a knock on him not sure why but can he play or can he not play now there's been older guys like Chris Wanky and Brandon Whedon who have been terrible but um I don't know for me if they have the number one pick you need to take your quarterback you have your pick of the litter literally and for me, I don't really know who I would want. There's the bad rap on Ohio State quarterbacks. We've seen it. Like, Justin Fields is struggling. Is it because he's bad or is it because the Bears have done a terrible job helping him as far as weapons around him? Uh, it's probably more so the latter than the former. We'll see. Only time will tell. Um, and then, like, other guys, like, I mean, Cardell Jones wasn't really ever thought of, like, in that way, was he? But it didn't really work out. I don't know. Ohio State quarterbacks have never – really turn out to be all that great. But I don't think that we should sit here and say C.J. Stroud can't be because he went to Ohio State. Like, that's ridiculous. Will Levis, he fits in because he can run the NFL offense that's already popular, the wide zone rushing concept and play action that goes off of it that is used by Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. And you see it in Cincinnati. You see it now in Minnesota. You see it all over the league. Miami as well with Mike McDaniel. Levis has been running at the last two years with Liam Cohen, who was the OC at Kentucky a year ago. Now he's the OC in L.A. Then now uh, Rich Gangarello, who's the OC at Kentucky, came from San Francisco. Uh, that works perfectly if you're wanting to get someone who already has experience. But then if you look at it, man, Bryce Young, that cat is unreal. Texas game, Alabama played. They had no business winning that game. Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt. They lose that game. But Bryce Young saved them. And then last week, Coming off of a shoulder issue, which I think it's his throwing shoulder, he still went out there and lit up Tennessee. Like, Bryce Young, he's one of one. That dude's a killer, and I get that he's shorter. I don't really care. I might want to take Bryce Young. Like, if all of the three guys in college football that we're just talking about right there, and I guess we bring in a hooker, he's the best one I've seen out of all of them. I haven't watched any Ohio State this year. There's no point. Ohio State doesn't play games until November when they get Penn State. And then really, don't, Penn State just got mopped by Michigan. So I'm probably not going to watch Ohio State play until they play Michigan later on on um, Thanksgiving weekend because they just don't play anybody. Um, but we'll see. Like Stroud's good. I saw a lot of them last year. I don't really feel like I need to watch. I probably should watch some. I will get to it. But until Ohio State plays a game that's worth watching, probably not going to see much of them. But long um, – Getting to the long, the short of it, or the short and long of it, whatever is the long to the short, whatever. Um, yeah, I would take the number one pick and draft a quarterback. Forget about trading back. You got to find a way to get more picks so that you're not put in that position. 
Now over to Will, who is also asking about kind of team building and roster construction. He asks, what NFL team do you think the Panthers should model their rebuild around? The first teams that come to mind are the Bengals and Eagles. If we can get a stud at quarterback and retool the wide receiver and tight end positions, do you think we can follow these models or are we doomed for blowing the team up for draft picks? Clearly, we need a competent coach before we can have any positive thoughts about the team, but rebuilding models are something to keep us basement dwellers occupied. He said, between my Virginia Tech Hokies and Carolina Panther football teams, I am in sports purgatory and need some help for those rebuilds. LOL. Enjoy the podcast. Thanks. Will, I certainly don't feel bad about you uh, for you with Virginia Tech. Uh, I mean, how many 10 win seasons they have in a row? I know things haven't been great like the last decade um, to the latter part of the Beamer years and then Fuente, um, but I don't feel bad for you at all. But the Panthers thing, yeah, I mean, Welcome to hell, buddy. Okay, so when you ask about who should they model themselves, like Philadelphia, okay, Howie Roseman is their GM. He was the GM when they won the Super Bowl with Doug Peterson and Nick Foles, that big Nick energy. I don't know how much of a rebuild it was. I think they had like one season where they were bad and they were right back in the playoffs. Like that's been a playoff team. Like they drafted Wentz, I think, coming off of a playoff appearance when he got hurt in that playoff game and Josh McCown had to come in. So they're like, we need to get some sort of insurance. And then Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz, and, Jay, Jay, and Jalen Hurts starts, and now Jalen Hurts has him at 6-0. and And that's also just a really good roster that they already had there in Philadelphia. So I don't know how much of a rebuild that was. Cincinnati, they've been terrible for a long time. But when you get a quarterback like Joe Burrow, and then you put Jamar Chase, who was there with him at LSU in that amazing 2019 season, you draft T. Higgins out of Clemson, you already have Tyler Boyd on the roster, and you've seen what they did with the O-line, which still struggled um, this year. That makes sense in a way because it's like, hey, we got a quarterback. I just don't really look at the roster here in Carolina and think like they're that far off. What I wanted the Panthers to do when building this back when Rule first got here was to take the same approach as we've seen like in Buffalo or that we've seen in Kansas City where you have a playoff team. You don't believe in your quarterback. Now, Buffalo did it with Tyrod and Nathan Peterman, the Peterman, and they got to the playoffs. And I think they lost to Jacksonville. But either way – they had a playoff team. Then they brought in Josh Allen. They were bad, playoffs, and then, like, you've seen what's happened. Kansas City had a division champion with Alex Smith. They draft Patrick Holmes, let him sit out for a year, and he comes in, puts him at the top. I don't think you can convince me that Teddy Bridgewater last year does not have this team as, like, an 8-9 and nine football team. Like, I know things were great in Denver. Look at who was around him in that division. You had two playoff teams and another one had a tied – in that th- Sunday night football game, the Raiders and the Chargers would have gone. So that's only that's almost three f- playoff teams in that division. And their former head coach, whose name is now escaping me, like when he was asked, when he knew he was going to get fired, he's like, what's different between you and the other teams? Like, we don't have a quarterback. The other three teams do. I wanted the Panthers to just stick with Teddy for like two or three years, draft a quarterback, let that guy sit or whenever he was ready, then play him. Instead, they've done the whole quarterback roulette. They have not really p- picked the lane of whether they're rebuilding or trying to win now. And that has us in the situation where we're having the conversation that we're having now. So, yeah, I, I don't – at this point in time, if they trade McCaffrey, it probably makes sense just by getting another first-round pick if you can get that or getting multiple picks because then you can draft your quarterback there with that first pick like Grant's asking, and then you're not in a position where you think about should you trade back. Well, you can draft your quarterback right there, and then you can get other pieces to help him out. Like, we're going to see more Terrace Marshall and Shai Smith and LaVisca Chenault the rest of the way. I don't really know how much we can be able to evaluate them considering how bad the quarterback play has been. If they can get any sort of average quarterback play, then you can see the wide receivers and weapons around. And you can maybe get a running back. Obviously, you're probably going to need to draft one who can come in and be the new starter for Carolina. So, it's tough. 
for me. I like I don't really know who to model because I the models I wanted to see, the Panthers haven't done that. So really, just get a quarterback. And then yeah, getting a, co- a competent head coach is great. I just still th- think here though that if we're we're not having these conversations if Matt Rule like has like a Patrick Mahomes. Let's just be honest. Now I think your quarterback is probably a little bit more important than your than your coach. Like Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, we keep trying to do the whole hey, who was who needed who. I mean, we've seen what's happened in New England since Brady's left and I don't know, maybe the player might be a little bit more important than the coach. That's just kind of my thought. Like we blame the coaches a lot, but like the players got to execute in Carolina. They said that, Hey, we're not executing. So clearly it's not just the coach, but yeah, it was the coach here. And it's also the fact they don't have a quarterback, but I look at the quarterback as a bigger issue than the coach. Um, all right. Went super long on those two questions. So let me take another pause here and then I'll come back and answer the rest of your questions here on this weekly Friday mailbag edition of locked on Panthers. But before I do that, let's tell you about our friends over at betonline.net, which is the number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Hmm, it's a weird way to write that. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, whose playoffs apparently are still going on. Braves lost, so don't care anymore, um, if I ever did care. Um, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, let's uh, try and do sort of rapid fire because I want to answer all the questions that I got this week, um, at least the ones I chose to answer. Um, but still, at me, DM me at Julian Council, or if you have my number, I guess you can text me too if you feel so inclined um, there, Wilson. All right, to Carolyn. Hey, Julian. Hey, Carolyn. What's the word on Bozeman? O-line obviously isn't the hot topic on the offense right now, which, hey, little victories, folks. It's the small victories in life because we talk about that all the time. We were doing O-line podcasts constantly here on Locked on Panthers, and now we're not doing that because the O-line's good. Um, but, she said, I thought he was supposed to be ready week one. And I assumed he'd start over Elfline once he was cleared. To be clear, Elfline obviously looked good this year, but just thought Bozeman would be an upgrade. Yeah, I thought he was going to be an upgrade, too. I said he would be one of the most important players on his offense this season. Just having someone in the center position who started 48 games across the last three seasons, I would think that he would be a, a, a really a rock on an offensive line. The communication is so important. Um, so, it looks like we're headed to the first – Offensive line change this season. They've played every snap, by the way, all the O-linemen. And when I went back to last season, I told y'all, when they started 13 different combinations over a 17-game season, it does not matter whether the guys are good or not. You're just not going to have success that way. Look at Los Angeles right now and the Rams and the issues that they're having. Look at Tampa Bay and some of the issues that they're having. It's just impossible to really have a positive outcome offensively when that is the case for your team. And in Carolina, now that that has not been the issue, we've seen the O-line's played well. Now, it looks like Pat Elfline with the hip injury it doesn't look like he's going to play. He hasn't practiced the last two days. So it looks like Bradley Bozeman is going to come in. Hopefully, that does not interrupt too much of the communication, considering the center is the front line of communication with the quarterback. So we'll see how that plays out. But, I mean, Elfline's been good, according to Pro Football Focus. In my own eyes, he's played well this season. 
And the continuity of it all is really important. Like, if he's playing well and the O-line's playing well, there's really not much reason to pull that guy out of from his position. So, yeah, it looks like we're going to see Bradley Bozeman, but once Elfline's back healthy again, I'd imagine he's right back in there unless Bozeman is just incredible. Um, also, my connection for the pod, for the uh, YouTube guys, apparently I'm looking at it. My connection's going up and down, so hopefully it doesn't look terrible. But um, I don't know. I'm hardline. And this is sometimes why I hate doing this show on YouTube. Um, Cornelius, at this point, why not? Be like, fudge it, throw the ball, be uncharacteristically aggressive. Why do we have to clo- have to lose? Clearly nothing else is working. We have good receivers. Give them the chance. The picks will come. But so what? Give us something to watch. Okay. And Alex kind of asking a similar question. Do you think they will let the XFL Mahomes cook this week? A multiple passing touchdown game with a few turnovers is much more fun to watch than the constant checkdowns and no turnovers. Yeah. The XFL Mahomes, by the way, that's P.J. Walker. Um, I coined that phrase, and I was actually driving around in Raleigh last weekend, and um, Joe Gillia, who is the uh, OG with Joe Obvious with 99.9 fan in Raleigh, actually uh, brought out the XFL Mahomes. So, Joe Gillio, if you're listening, I want my money, my royalties. How dare you? I copyrighted that. What are you doing? Um, yeah, like, I get it. As I've said, like, multiple times, like, Matt Rule didn't trust P.J., so, of course, Steve Wilkes is not going to trust P.J., but also, y- you can't go with the game plan last week and expect to win. As great as McCaffrey was, it's not a winning formula. If your defense gets you two touchdowns or three or four, then yeah, sure, it's a winning formula, but it really isn't. So you really need to do something different, I would think, if I were Steve Wilkes. But again, he doesn't trust P.J., and maybe, maybe we'll get a different look this week. I don't know. Don't uh, hold your breath. Okay, now Kyle. Hey, Julian. Hey, Kyle. Thanks for always covering this team with great content. Thanks. It's much appreciated. You're much appreciated for the mailbag. This one might take a little research, but how is Icky performing compared to the other two high drafted tackles? Do you think the Panthers made the right selection based on the stats performance so far this season? Icky Aquano has only gotten better since week one. Now, he also has not had to face Miles Garrett week in and week out, but he's only gotten better since week one. The nerds of our pro football focus and all across the world have pointed out how good he's been in pass protection. And... I honestly didn't do any research. I have not looked at what um, Charles Cross, I think, is in Seattle, what he's done. I have not looked at what uh, – who's the other one? The guy, Evan Neal, I think, is with the Giants. It sounds like he's doing really good. And it was always like, hey, it's going to take time. He's going to have his ups and downs. It looks like he's already rounding into a fantastic tackle to where there might not be too many downs. Um, for him here in Carolina, like I'm sure they're going to come at some point in time. We'll see. I, I'm just, I mean, I mean, I'm elated by how well he's played so far. Yeah, I think it's positive. I, I didn't really want to do the thing where, even if he's struggling, to look at, oh, hey, what are Neil and Cross doing? Like, okay, guys, it's his rookie year. It's, he's played six games. It would, that would be so unhealthy to sit around and compare and contrast and see, oh, do they make the right decision or not? You, you, need, you need to take like a couple years before you really know whether they made the right decision. Like, we did this with DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley came out and had a great rookie season. We're like, oh, man, drafted the wrong guy. Who's been the better player? Who's actually been available the last two? Now, things aren't going great this year, but who's been the better player? It's been DJ Moore. So, you got to just give these things some time. So, Icky's played well. Um, now to Eric. If the Panthers did trade CMC to the Bills, would you prefer to see purely pick or some Bills players in a mix? Singletary and a pick would give us compensation in a pick. There's also the dream about a Diggs-Moore reunion. Yeah, there is absolutely no way they're trading Stephon Diggs to Carolina. Like, there's no way that's going to happen. So let's go ahead and get that one out of your head. Anyone out there who thinks that's a possibility. Just give me the picks. 
And the thing is, if you trade CMC to Buffalo for a first-round pick, it's going to be pick 32 because the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. Do you want pick 32? Like, that's it. Like, I want to find – and I get it's going to be a contender, so you're going to be picking in the 20s and possibly in the 30s. Um, but you got to make it if, if, if that's, if that makes sense, I would rather in that situation, like, just give me like two second round picks then like, get, give me that instead of like, give me like the war. I mean, and, that, and even that's basically two third round picks. Uh, I don't, I don't want any players. Buffalo. I don't think it's trying to give up players anyways. Uh, give me, just give me the picks. That's what the Panthers need. They need picks. I think they have some players. I don't think they really need to, you know, get Buffalo guys. Um, Hayden or Haddon two D's. All right. What do you think about Shane Steichen or Steichen as head coach and Bryce Young at quarterback? I think Shane has an interesting background for an offensive mind. And he had, all right, let's go find my phone over here. He had uh, actually let me know in the uh, Twitter. He had like posted his background and I forgot to, um, who is this? Haddon. Okay, let's find it. All right, doing this live. Okay, so he was an offensive assistant at Louisville in 2010. Then he was with the Chargers as a defensive assistant from 2011 to 12. Browns quality control offensive guy in 2013. Chargers again as an offensive quality control coach in 2014-15. Back in San Diego and then Los Angeles as a quarterback's coach from 2016 to 19. Then interim coordinator in 19 then offense coordinator in 2020 he did work with justin herbert as a rookie and we saw how well justin herbert played as a rookie and we talked about pep hamilton who was charlotte guy he is now the oc um with houston texans and you know we talked about getting him to be the oc here in carolina which good thing he didn't do that we'll see how things work out in houston with lovey and what they want to do after this season um but he was the OC and then Pep. So him and Pep really did a great job working with uh, Herbert. Now you've seen the job he's done working with um, Justin, not Justin, but um, why can't I remember the quarterback's name in Philadelphia right now? Oh God. Who's the Eagles quarterback? Uh, Jalen Hurts. Okay. What he's done with Jalen Hurts and a lot of the concepts they're running are basically the RPO that Hurts ran back at Alabama and like at, at um, Oklahoma. So that's really helped him out. So, yeah, Steichen, maybe. Like, do I know much about him? Not really. I'm still waiting and watching because it's, like, only October. And I'm not really getting too into, like, hey, who that coaching candidates could be. Like, let me wait until, like, December. I understand we're kind of already there in the conversation. But, um, yeah, maybe. And Bryce Young already said, like, of the college quarterbacks I've seen, I think he's the best one. Will he be the best one in the NFL? That's to be determined. No idea. It's a crapshoot. Final question from um, Ben. And we got these questions before because Lamar Jackson still has not signed – an extension, so and Carolina needs a quarterback, so I guess y'all gonna keep asking this. Um, I'm not upset, just you know, <laughs> please don't do this to yourselves. Lamar Jackson turned down the Ravens' five-year extension offer because he wanted fully guaranteed, a la Deshaun Watson. Would it even be possible for the Panthers to make a run at him this offseason, or are the Ravens still able to place a franchise tag on him next year? All that said, even if we could go after Lamar, considering what it would cost, from your perspective, would you rather the Panthers just stick with drafting quarterback next year? My thought was we could somehow land Lamar. We could use the potential number one overall pick on someone like Will Anderson. Thanks for the show. Keep pounding. Keep pounding to you. Yeah. Um, if I had a choice, I would take Lamar Jackson and Will Anderson. <laughs> yes. Yes. I would absolutely want that to happen if that was a possibility. Like Lamar, I don't think he's ever going to be a free agent. Baltimore is going to franchise tag him. They're going to slap the tag on him. Some guys get the tag placed on them. Other guys get it slapped on them. Lamar, it would be getting slapped. So... Baltz, he might Kirk Cousins this, 
And it's incredible that we're looking at Kirk Cousins as a revolutionary, but he was the first quarterback to get these fully guaranteed contracts. He got the two back-to-back uh, franchise tags in Washington. They didn't want to pay him, and they still can't find a quarterback. Not acting like Kirk Cousins was the answer, but at times he's played like a top-10 guy. And Minnesota's, what, 5-1? and one? So clearly something's working over there. Um, and then he signed that three-year $84 million guaranteed, signed another guaranteed contract, I think, last season. So I think Lamar is kind of looking at it like that. I, is he going to get the 5-2-30 that Deshaun got? I don't know. That's just still mind-blowing that anyone would give him that. But if anyone would do it, it would be the Haslam's. Um, my Tennessee fan listeners, they, they know all about the Haslam's. Um, they partially wrecked the balls the last 15 years. Played a big role. Um, shop at Pl- Pilot Flying J, by the way. Go get your gas there. Um, <laughs> that is not an ad. Um, yeah, Lamar. Yeah, if, if he gets the free agency, duh, you take a run at him. Absolutely take a run at him. I just don't think it's going to be a real possibility. Like, Lamar, I don't think Lamar wants to leave Baltimore. I don't think Baltimore does, wants Lamar to leave. I just think they're trying to figure out, hey, who's going to win this game of chicken? I'm thinking probably the quarterback because Baltimore had their quarterback in Joe Flacco. They brought in Lamar, and then we've seen what Lamar's done. He's been the MVP of the freaking league. Like, what are we doing here? Baltimore come on and by the way if Ozzie Newsom was still the GM we wouldn't be having this conversation Eric DaCosta get together okay that's gonna wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network hosted by yours truly Julian Council again y'all make sure to watch the show subscribe to the show over on our Lockdown Panthers YouTube channel I'm sorry because it looks like the connection's been up and down um, I got this right here you can see my Ethernet cable no idea what's going on it's plugged in um, so it's been just been weird. So that happens sometimes happening today. So hopefully it wasn't too bad at the end of the show. Um, but that's why you can always check out the podcast wherever you get your podcast because the audio is always going to be perfect because I do it on a separate recording. So in the event of issues like this, that's not also messed up too. Um, but again, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council or next Friday. You can answer. I can answer. We can Friday mail that question as long as you at me or DM me or I guess text me at seven. I'm not going to tell my number. Just kidding. But in the meantime, y'all, take care, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I have a 6 a.m. flight on Sunday morning post-wedding. So I'll be back feeling probably awful. Hopefully talking about a Carolina Panthers victory on Sunday.